The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I certainly appreciate you following us today. We are going to talk about a very, very complex and difficult subject, and I really appreciate you joining in. We're going to talk about why don't they run. I get this all the time um, from the public, as many of you know. I I travel actually across the United States. I'm getting ready to leave for Santa Maria today. Um, to talk about this subject and the complexity of these subjects. And almost always one of the questions I get, and very often it comes from a male, and that, that isn't a sexist statement. That's just a, a statement of not a, being, they're not being able to put themselves in the person's shoes. And I'm hoping in this conversation today, in this training kind of hour that we have together, that you can put yourself in her shoes and understand the complexity of this. This is probably one of the most complex victims of crimes to understand uh, because there are layer upon layer of issues here. And this is probably why there is such a huge recidivism rate, even when you help one of these people to get out of the life uh, so many of them return. And so I kind of want to start to unpack this. Now, most of you listen through archives. I see the numbers. And by the way, I'm very, very pleased with the number of people. This show goes out over 100 countries. And uh, you can always email me, even if you're out of the U.S., at uh, opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. If you're in the U.S. and you're listening live, you can call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, I want to use this as a kind of an education platform to help people understand all that goes on. Now, one of the challenges of trying to talk about this is that not all sex trafficking scenarios are the same, and not all sex trafficking victims react the same. Uh, you're talking about human beings and criminal human beings in the part of the perpetrator. And, you know, oftentimes people will invite me out to a rotary and I go just to be able to open the door, but they give you 20 minutes or 30 minutes. This really is a very complex subject. Uh, recently put on a seven-hour symposium on this subject. And I was amazed. that I'm, I thought I'd be lucky if 40 people came and over 200 people came and we had to shut it off because I don't have that kind of money to, uh, to put that on. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, several things here. The first thing I want to do is talk about the vic- victim's background because that is absolutely huge in the recruitment process and in preventing this, and also in understanding why they don't run. 70% of sex trafficking victims were previously sexually violated. 
Now, that that's just a blanket fact. Now, some people say it's 80 or 90. I, I go with low numbers. I hate any kind of melodrama. I always want to go with the lowest possible to begin to really, I'm, I'm solutions-based, and I really want to understand the impact of that. So what I'm telling you is who, first of all, is the most likely victim? Well, a girl who has no father. That's just right up there on top, okay? You all often hear me tell men that they are the key to stopping human trafficking, that if you can give me a strong moral male with good boundaries, and the key is the boundaries, because so many of these kids don't have boundaries. They will offer themselves out on a whim, on a, on a text with somebody they've never met in the hopes that someone's going to love them. So you show me a girl who doesn't have a father figure in her life that is a strong moral male with good boundaries that believes in her. And that's why I say men are the key to this. If you have a strong male that has got good boundaries and you will share your belief in mankind, including these young people that don't have fathers in their life. Now, be very careful because kids who don't have a father in their life are often manipulative. They can't help themselves. They want a male figure in their life. It is how many people are wired. So they will not have boundaries in what they're, what they're doing. And that really requires males to have boundaries and being able to support them. Now, Females are also important in being able to support them and say, I believe in you. But that's the first challenge here in helping a victim to understand why she doesn't run. Because the first time she starts through puberty and a guy pays any attention to her at all, she is absolutely vulnerable. We are all wired that way. We all want love, we all want approval, we all want to be included, and we all want somebody to believe we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. So that is why 60% of foster kids are in this, okay, is are in commercial sex, because they're desperate for that approval. So why do I say this when why that why don't they run? Well, they're easy prey, because these guys will come along with them and listen to their fears and their dreams. And so the first instance of why they don't run is they believe with all their heart they've found it. They may have had to kiss a few frogs, but this guy believes in them. Um, the GEMS, G-E-M-S, is an organization that has a video out you may want to look at on YouTube called The Making of a Girl. And it's all about a girl who, like, really didn't have much. And this guy came along, and he's got a nice car and, and you know, takes her out to dinner and tells her everything. And so she, she realized she was easy prey. So they don't run, first of all, because they're getting sucked in and they're believing that, okay, somebody's going to give them all the stuff they never had. Now, the price starts to go up and up, which is what we're talking about. But I want you to think about her self-image here and what is happening. Because she's wanting to believe, this is a Romeo pimp, he puts her up on a pedestal, and she's wanting to believe that she can have it all. She's finally good enough with one guy. And it is a strategy that he has played on her head. And she will spend the rest of her life paying for that dream of trying to be able to keep it and believe that, it, in fact, it was real, that she was not duped. And what he will do is he will bring her down. He will maybe have her sex, have her have sex with his friend. 
uh, maybe with several friends, maybe it's filmed, um, maybe, and he's saying, it's okay, baby, I still love you, keep doing this, I need the money, I'm here for you, and she's doing it to please him. So in that point, she's not running because she's loyal, and she's she's being used by a pimp with the belief that she will be his woman. As that begins to crush and she realizes it and realizes he has other women and that she is in fact being put out there and he becomes violent with her and threatening with her. She will be on that track where she wants to try to see if she can't reestablish it. It, In her mind, it worked once. Now she does not, she's not sophisticated enough to realize This is a pimping manipulation strategy. So she will spend the next probably two, three years believing that she can get back up there to be the main woman. Maybe not exclusively, but she will be the top girl. And so that is part of it, is her own self-image. Now, as the violence starts in, this becomes very complex. One of the first things they will often do with you is film you in provocative positions to put you on sites like Backpage. If you look at those sites on Backpage, most of those girls aren't smiling. And they will drug them and they will put them on these sites. Now, many times the pimp will have another girl do that filming. So now you have another layer of complexity in the relationship because in a girl's mind, another girl ought to be somebody you can trust who's, who will understand what you're going through. But this girl is the one that's filming you, okay, and putting you out on the ads. And she's grooming you. She's showing you the sex acts and what men like and what you can get, uh, how much money you can get for each act and, you know, how to pretend you like it and things like that. And so now you have a level of distrust between both the guy you're trying to get his approval, and this girl, and you're caught in there. Now, there's another layer of psychological trauma that I believe very strongly is a very important part. I believe few people have researched and understood secondary trauma. And that is, these girls are often gang-raped and gang-sodomized. And it is filmed... And then they are forced to watch the film of themselves being violated. So you have basically a virtual rape, if you will, because, you know, this is not willingly that they're being gang raped and gang sodomized. And yet now you're being forced to watch that act on yourself. So you have the initial trauma, the initial exploitation, the initial uh, shame that goes with it, and now you are watching it in an out-of-body experience. And you are processing that over with judgment. And I believe that that is very important because you are shaming yourself emotionally, going, oh my God, those pictures are out there. And many of those pictures are sold on hardcore porn sites. So now you're in a whole kind of new prison you have looked at yourself being violated and asking yourself, why don't I run? And also you're experiencing the exploitation over and over in an out-of-body experience with judgment and knowing that those films are out there in the global pornographic community forever. 
So, you know, all of a sudden now you have a level of self-judgment that is very difficult for the average person who is not involved in this life to appreciate and understand. So you have what I call a chain of shame, uh, literally where you are judging yourself and though you're fiercely loyal to the people that did it, you're also blaming yourself. This is a crime where there's an intimidation or um, a feeling of blame where the victim blames themselves. And that's a whole new kind of prison. We're already up against that break. Man, this show goes quick. Stay with us, folks. We're going to get deep into it in the next section. Be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal Singleton. As they just said, I am with Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. I would ask you to follow Million Kids on Facebook. We post new cases every three or four hours on there, and there are some excellent cases. That is all run by Susie Carpenter. She's the Media Marketing Director for uh, me and kids, and we're fortunate to have her. She's the best in the business, and I think you will appreciate the website, uh, the uh, Facebook site. 
Also, be sure and go to meandkids.org. We have quite a few programs on there. But all these shows, by the way, are archived. Susie's done an amazing job of archiving these at a site called exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. If you go there and click on listen, you can listen to about 60 hours of free training on all kinds of subjects related to human exploitation. I am a law enforcement trainer over at USC, where I train at the um, Saul Price Institute for Safe Communities. We train uh, police administration and uh and uh, upper echelon. We also train LAPD through the uh, USC School of, of Social Work. I'm a co-instructor there with a lady by the name of Holly Sotelo, and she's amazing and very, very good. And I'm also a trainer at, at the uh, LA Fire Training Academy. So uh, I'm very deep into this, as you might imagine, and this, this subject is very near and dear to my heart. So there are different kinds of recruiting mechanisms and different kinds of ways these people are broken and different reasons they don't run. So I'm trying to kind of unpack this because it's a complex subject. In, in gang trafficking, what often happens, well, what I just described earlier was Romeo pimping. He, he kind of lures her in. Now, gangs use Romeo pimps. You know, a girl will start dating a gang guy, and she thinks she's exclusive to him. And very quickly, in her breaking process, his job is to take her to the gang, where she's thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to be important because I'm with this important gang member. And instead of that, he will stand there as the entire gang runs a train on her. I'm, it, it, that's, you know, I, I don't know any other way to say it. That's ejaculation after ejaculation. Everybody watching. And he will stand there and she will watch him watch her. And he walks away and gets a new girl. Now, he just faked that whole thing because... It's his job to deliver girls to the gang, and now she belongs to the gang. She has no ability to say no to anyone in the gang. She is a gang girl. That girl never understood what was about to happen to her. And you talk about humiliation. It is humiliation at the greatest level as everyone witnessed it. And she feels dirty. She feels ruined. She feels devastated. She feels betrayed. Um, and now she's completely lost all of her footing. I can guarantee you she has diseases, you know, when that many people do that. She's probably hemorrhaged, you know, because this isn't making love they're doing there. And it was probably filmed. And, and everybody's laughing at her. So you have sex without love. In the most brutal fashion. And imagine what that does to your self-image and your soul. And so you, you really only have one way to go in your mind. And that is you are destroyed and ruined and you can't get out. It is usually at that point they begin to drug you. And this is very important for understanding why they don't run. Because we all are judgmental. If you're on a jury, you'll say, well, she's taking drugs. What do you expect she's going to do? She's probably doing this to get more drugs. Yes. And she didn't get a choice of that. So we need to be very careful in our judgment 
of these girls using drugs. One of the problems in getting them in a safe house is we have to get them off the drugs first because they are not safe with other people as long as they're on drugs in a safe house. So we have to get them into rehabilitation, and that's where we need more resources of people that can take these girls in and understand they're not just a drug addict, they are a C-sec victim. That's a cross-pollination, if you will. And it takes a deep level of psychological counseling. This is intense, folks, because she has seen herself being violated over and over and over. Most of these people feel like they can't go home. Either their family will reject them or they just get there and they have nothing in common anymore with their family. They are like a stray dog that has been violated and they cannot fit in any longer. And, you know, it's it's like there's a, a chasm as big as the Grand Canyon now between them and their family because they are no longer the same person and they are not the same person. They're probably in PTSD. They are experiencing levels of shame you can't explain. And so one, one of the ways that this first starts, I believe, is one of the ways to combat this is early on. Now, I'm not going to say this is going to fix it, but every time I deal with stuff that is this vile, I say to myself, what can I do? It is not enough to talk about, oh, this is vile. What can we do? I think one of the first things we need to do is back up and start early, especially in foster agencies and group home settings, but also in our schools and especially with our parents. Let's talk about what a good relationship is. I don't hear any conversation about that. In fact, when I watch most television shows, there is almost nothing on there that mirrors a good relationship. The Kardashians, for instance, that's a good relationship. Most of the relationships being presented in the media are not solid, enforcing, healthy relationships. And, you know, it's really an interesting time. I'm doing, going off here a little bit, but I do want to talk about a solution. It's an interesting time because we are putting our children on the Internet to be able to talk to the whole world before they're in puberty and we have yet to talk to them about what a good guy looks like and what a bad guy looks like and how a good guy should treat you and how a bad guy will treat you and what the warning signs are and what the goal is. You know, I think that we need to start early setting goals for our children to develop healthy relationships. You know, talk about dialogue. Is, everything, is he doing all the demanding and you're doing all the giving? That is not a healthy relationship, you know. If you're not 50-50, it is a negotiation, not a relationship. And, you know, if he's asking you to do things that are against your principles, that is not respect. We have very little dialogue about what a respectful relationship is. So that's one of the first problems, I think, backing up on this. Because I say that because... This isn't all just foster kids run away and, and single parent kids. I am seeing many, many kids get on the Internet and get lured into these scenarios because they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And now we give them a free ride. We give them a Corvette, baby, a Cadillac. Go for it, honey. 
meet the whole world, and I bet at 11 years old, you're smart enough to figure out which one's a bad guy and which one's a good guy, and I'm proud of you. Bull. No kid at 8, 9, 10, 11 years old has the cognitive reasoning to recognize a predator when they see one. I go into the schools, and I talk to these kids. Most kids listen, but every now and then I get a kid who comes up to me and says, oh, I don't believe that's really true. I know people who, in fact, I had it last week. I know people who have crowns and they're not pimps. And I know people who play in the dark web and they are not getting violated. And I'm going to tell you that guy is going to be the next victim. That is a walking, talking, looking to be taken advantage of kind of person. We need that dialogue. So we're talking about these people that are out there. One of the things that happens to them is they get into a situation where they're violated and they first, their first instinct is, it's my fault. You know, I saw one of the saddest things. I didn't see it. I heard it. Uh, one of the saddest things in uh, about three, four years ago, a little 14-year-old girl had been brought in for commercial sex. She had been severely beaten by her pimp, her boyfriend pimp. And she sat right there and she said, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I knew I had a $500 quota and I quit at 400 and we're just sitting there looking at this sad young girl who's been severely beating, blaming herself that she deserved that beating because she didn't make her quota. And I kid you not, a couple of minutes later, might have been five, ten minutes later, she quietly said, tomorrow night I'm going to make $600 and I'll be as favored. You see, one that part of the grooming process is they blame you so you will blame yourself. It is, a, it is a game that pimps play. I've read pimpology. I've read all the pimping books. They're enough to make you want to vomit. Pimps are social paths. I don't believe they're even rehabilitatable. I'm not sure that they are. They get joy out of not just making money off you, but controlling and manipulating you, having all that power over you. And I've sat through way too many videos of pimps as they talk about, you know, promise them a dream, give them everything they want as far as verbiage, you don't deliver anything. And, you know, they will follow you anywhere and they laugh. You know, tell them you love them. These girls just want to be loved. Tell them you love them, but don't deliver anything and keep them under control. Don't let them have any money. You know, this is very important. So many agencies uh, go out there and give them backpacks and give them all this stuff. Most of these girls are not allowed to keep even a tampon because it might have a phone number on it. These guys keep these kids broke and desperate. And that's what it's all about. And that is why they don't run. In the meantime, they're still into this loyalty thing. They're in this thing of, I did it myself. It's my mistake. I'll try harder tomorrow. And he, once again, I'll be his favorite. And it is a psychological manipulation. Pimping is not about sex. It is about mind control. It is about power and using each other people for money. But we need to understand this if we're going to be able to help these people break this barrier, this prison that keeps them sexually enslaved. And it is, in fact, slave men. We're up against that break. Be right back. This 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes it's catastrophic Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton, and I so much appreciate appreciate each and every one of you that listen to this. I'm always kind of blown away. You know, I sit here and I share my heart and my soul and work up these shows in the hopes that it'll make a difference somewhere around the world. And every now and then I'm out speaking. I was in Fresno the other day, and I'm amazed at the number of people in Fresno that listen to this show. And I so much appreciate you. I'm getting ready to go to Santa Maria, California today, so that's great. And uh, I do travel, and uh, I really appreciate the chance to train. We had a uh, really interesting Saturday last Saturday. For what it's worth, I got to do my class for USC for LAPD. That's LA Police Department. What a great group of people they are. You know, I, I honestly believe that the law enforcement that's involved in combating human trafficking just gets such a bum rap and they need our love and approval and support in a way you can't even believe. These, this is a hard, hard crime to, to convict on and go after. And yet it is an absolute one of the most vile scenarios on earth. And, you know, every now and then I hear activists go, oh, those police are arresting those girls and blah, blah, blah. 
I don't know of any police that are out there arresting these girls unless it is absolutely necessary to get them away so that they're safe and that can be get them on something that can be expunged. I know our team, we have seven full-time people and six on loan. We have so many cases, and this is such a complex case, you know, to convict. It'll often take hundreds and thousands of hours to find all of these pimps. I did a show a while back called Scale and Scope. This thing is getting so big, it is scary. We had one case here, had 22 pimps, and I can't even remember the number of victims. were horrendous, and these victims are tattooed. That's another reason they don't run. They are branded. It is all about you don't own your own body. I was thinking at break, let me back up a little bit, just in case you don't follow me regularly and you don't know this, but how do you take a perfectly fine young person or, or even a middle-aged person and, and make them into a sex slave that is out there committing sex acts 8, 10, 15, 20 times a day. How does that work? Well, it's called breaking, and it is absolutely vile. They will take these young kids, they'll recruit them in school, they will lock them in closets for days. Why is that? Because they have to go to the bathroom. And there is nowhere to do that. And at some point, you experience deep humiliation as you're sitting there in your own stuff. And then they contribute to it. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay? It's called a shower. And and then they take you out there. They gang rape you. They gang sodomize you. They film it. They cut you. They burn you. They electrocute you. We knew one girl who literally had her vagina wired up. They put her in a shower, turned on the water, and they hit her with a taser. You know, and then you're supposed to have sex after that. You know, that sex for money over and over and over. It is inhumane. And after a while, they break a person's will. And so, yes, they're in a motel room, and yes, they're drugged, and yes, they pretend that they're liking it when they get their photograph taken, because they don't, they are going to endure severe beating. Some of these people are raped with a gun barrel. I've read of two cases where they put a gun to the girl's head while they're raping her. What kind of scenario, how do you ever, quote, unquote, make love again? I just want to slow down a minute so that you can appreciate what I'm saying. You want to know why they don't run? They don't have a soul left. It is drugged. It is burned. It is beaten. And they have no self-image. If they try to go home, it just seems like there's no way back. And on top of it, they have lots of medical issues. This is why we like to work with the medical facilities and common train. Think about this. They have oral herpes and anal herpes. You'll bring these kids in and you'll be working with them and you're thinking you're making a headway and all of a sudden they're completely different. And one of my theories is they get an outbreak and every time they eat and go to the bathroom, they realize all of that trauma, how they got that, comes back. And you're starting all over and you're helping them unpack that trauma. And it is not easy. These people that work with victims, I don't know how they do it. I, I, they must get burnout fairly quickly 
because these are victims who have intense needs. And, you know, one of the problems is they have been taught from the very beginning. They didn't just think this. These pimps will tell them it's their fault. They can control it. You decide. Don't resist. Go out there. Do this. Don't tell. Don't balk. Let people do whatever they want to do for you because you're going to make me happy, baby. I need the money. And all of that money is going to somebody else. These people are broken. Now, I'm going to share this with you, that if you know anybody that gets out there and does sex buying, you know, sure, there's pretty women out there. I mean, I'm talking about the movie Pretty Woman. You know, there are a few people who are independent, who start out, they're all by themselves, they keep all the money, they want to sell their body. I hear this story all the time. And there are those people out there that are like the movie Pretty Woman. But very, very few these days. This is being taken over by organized crime and gangs and cartels. If you're a girl who belongs to a gang, your life has become living hell. And why don't they run? Try getting out of a gang. Those people will track you down and you will pay the ultimate price. Plus, they will constantly share with you that if you try to run, they will kill your whole family. And you need to believe that if you ever hear somebody tell me, I have to do this or they're going to kill my family. You know, there was a case about two and a half, three years ago, a beautiful young, in this case, she happened to be African-American. She was drop-dead beautiful and smart as a whip. She was a straight-A lady. So this doesn't have to do with intelligence. It doesn't have to do with family. In this case, she had everything going for her. She was 18. She was graduated with a scholarship. She, uh, Her parents were legal people. I, I want to say her mother was a judge, but I might be wrong on that. But they were quite prominent people. This is over in California, over in L.A. area. And she fell in love with this guy, okay? The, and he was a pimp. And he was a gang guy, and the family could not believe it. I mean, she was going off to college on a scholarship, and she met this guy, and he came in and just hit her in all her soft places, and she went for it. And off she went, and he was a violent pimp. He's what we call a gorilla pimp, okay, because they behave like a gorilla. And you can spell that either way you want to, gorilla or gorilla. (laughs) But... This guy beat her with a tire iron, okay? This beautiful girl, she went into a safe house. He beat her nearly to death, and they were trying to get her into a program. And this pimp sent his bottom girl in, one of the girls that manages for this pimp, sent her into that safe house and told her, if you keep talking to these people, we are going to kill your whole family. This girl felt responsible And she believed them. She left that safe house and went back to him, believing that she could negotiate with him. And in that case, he beat her to death after that. So this is in a realm, an arena that the average person cannot comprehend. If you have not walked a mile in her shoes, and I believe that was another show I did about a year ago, If you haven't walked a mile in her shoes, it is difficult for you to understand all the layers. 
there are times when these girls are so badly brutalized that they will leave. But it takes a lot for them to get there. They keep returning to, it's my fault, I made a mistake, I won't make a mistake again, I won't piss him off, I won't get him upset, and I will please him, that getting back upon that pedestal. A lot of it is just drugs, they can't even think straight. A lot of it is shame and humiliation on layers that you and I have never experienced, and it's hard for us to understand. You know, trauma is a very difficult subject for most of us to understand. At some point in our life, I think most of us will experience some level of trauma. But it is like 1% based on what these kids are seeing. The answer is to do everything possible within the family to make sure that this kid does not fall for this. That they know that somebody believes in them that they are, have self-esteem, explain to them how this happens, tell them that we don't want that to happen to them. Be very careful on the internet, get them early, and let's talk about this. That's a hard subject today. You know, we don't want, uh, I go into schools all the time and I talk to kids, I don't want to traumatize the kids. But I have yet to meet a victim who understood the path they were about to go down. And I feel like that's very, very important. I think it's very important that kids understand that they are a healthy and prominent part of the family, that you believe in them with all their heart, that they are a core to your family, that if anything ever happened to them, your family would never be the same. And we talk about, you know, how how dad ha- helps us, how mom helps us. We talk about what a healthy relationship is. We talk about their value, and we talk about what has happened to other people, and that we love them so much we never would want that to happen to them. Now, that's not a guarantee, but what I see here is this is runaways, foster kids, this is kids who get homeless, this is kids who become pregnant, and this is kids with low self-esteem and kids who play on the internet talking to total strangers looking for love in all the wrong places. And if we can keep them from walking through that door, then maybe we have gained something. Because I can tell you that once they're in this life, their lives have changed forever, and the road back is the longest road home I've ever seen. So I believe that it's important for all of us to understand this process, even though it's very difficult to talk about. And I believe that the people who help these kids are real saints. We're already up against that break, so I'm going to ask you to stay with us. We're going to go into break, and we will close off with the last segment. See you in a minute. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about why they don't run. This is a common question that we get in jury pools all the time. People get in there. A lot of times when I'm talking to rotaries or uh, especially men in general, they have no understanding of the depth of this. And part of it is we don't want to look at it. I mean, you know, and that, and it's difficult for me as a public speaker because I want to make it clear to people without traumatizing them. I don't believe that it's healthy to get into all the melodrama, but quite frankly, if you don't look at the reality of trafficking, you cannot appreciate why they don't run because we all want to kind of gloss it over because this is usually done over lunch and people are like trying to have a good time in an organization and like that. And so this is a very difficult thing because you want to talk about it, but you don't want to just, you know, become off the edge. But if we don't get into it and understand what is happening here, you're never going to understand why they don't run. I'm looking at a case right now with a guy by the name of uh, Laren Daryl Bird Carter. He was 39. He was ordered to pay $630,000 in restitution to six victims out of Manhattan Beach, California. He had seven girls that he forced to work in commercial sex. One was only 13 years old. Now, he's a crip. So you're 13 and you're owned by the Crips. Hello. Do you get it? Why they don't run? How much wherewithal does a 13-year-old have in cognitive reasoning and fortitude and guts to run from the Crips when you're 13? This guy here, he preyed on runaway girls, which is why I often talk about runaways. They are the most preyed on. He constantly subjected them to beatings, which included being punched in the face and whipped with a belt. Now, I want you to think about something. You are having to make money for this man in sex 
eight, ten times a day. Now you have a black eye, a cut on your face, you've been hit with a belt, you've been punched in the face, and now people are going to do you all day long. Okay? How do you think your soul reacts to that? Because you know that these guys can look at you and know that you're not there voluntarily, and yet they're there voluntarily taking advantage of you over and over, knowing that you have something has happened to you. He punched them in the face, whipped them with a belt, and uh, the case happened when a 16-year-old told authorities when she was traveling from Minneapolis to L.A., he took her to a hotel in El Segundo and sold her for sex. She ran away but found herself lost with no money and returned. That is another reason. Most of these kids, they have nothing, absolutely nothing, and they're not allowed to keep anything you give them. You know, not pens, not tampons, not a backpack. These people are kept absolutely destitute. And when they're moved from place to place, they don't know where they're at. And they often keep their ID, their driver's license, any documentation. So who is going to believe them? And think about this. She apparently was recruited in Minneapolis or Washington, D.C., I'm not sure. And she ended up in El Segundo, California and being sold over and over. Here's a case where a bottom girl, her name was Jasmine Sims, was found guilty of six counts of, of compelling prostitution. An 11-year-old teenage girl is a runaway. So this is another case of a runaway, and she turned to another girl, okay? A 14-year-old teenage girl was picked up at a bus stop by Jasmine Sims. So she's 14, and she ran away, and this girl comes along at a bus stop. She's with two men, and they only knew her, uh, them as Mickey and Black. So they say, hey, I'll take care of you. You can come stay with us, and this girl trusts them. They took her to an apartment of one of the men. They said that they would make money off of me and told Jasmine to post me and fix me up. So what's happened here? You're 14. You're at the bus station. You have no resources. You're not even sure what's where you're at. Three people come along, a girl and two guys, and it looks like fun. And they say, hey, you know, and the next thing they know, they are raping you and filming it. And, and Jasmine is showing you how to have sex for money. And she's taking pictures of you. And you are now posted around on the World Wide Web forever. In this case, using the name Lady Famous. She was forced to rendezvous at a southeast side motel, a truck stop, and a parking lot of a convenience store. Now, these are upscale places, aren't they? Many of this takes place in the backseat of the car out on the street, by the way. Two men paid her for sex but declined her offer when they realized she was only 14. The team testified that forced, uh, Sims forced her to turn over all the money that she collected. So she's given it to the bottom, bottom girl. This girl says that she was molested by her grandmother's boyfriend for years before she ran away, which is why she ran away. So I'm hoping today that this has been helpful to you, that you understand that this is not a normal situation, that these aren't just, you know, Julia Roberts out there having sex with Richard Gere for 3000 bucks and he marries her. It is not like that. Once a child is in this life, it is forever, unless we can find them, rehabilitate them, and and get them to start over. But it is not easy. 
And I hope, though, this is a very difficult education program. I hope it has been helpful to you. If it has been, I hope you'll write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at meandkids.org and let me know your thoughts. You know, to me, I get up every day of my life to say never again should one of these kids be violated. There are millions of kids who are at risk out there that have single family household. Half the families in America are divorced and they have kids. So we need to find ways to empower our kids. We need to talk about what a good relationship is. It's very possible most of these kids have never even seen a good relationship, let alone understand what they're looking for. And we need to teach them what to run from, especially on the Internet, because we are all about to be connected on the Internet. And these kids, from the time they're 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, will start getting all kinds of offers. I believe that this crime is about to accelerate in ways we can't believe. Every time I see one of these stories where a kid gets off and goes off to the bus, like that Katie story I talked about last week, I think it was. She's down in Katy, Texas, and and she's 12, I think she was. Maybe she's 13. And she takes a bus to the border, and somebody gives her money, and she goes to Mexico City to meet this guy she met on the Internet. She's no more than 13. She might be 12. And it said right there in her notes, you know, he's daddy, she's um, she's a baby girl, and uh, da- daddy owns my body and soul. She is already being groomed by a man she has never met on the internet. We are about to see a major explosion of kids being violated because they are starting down this path where people can talk to them and they are vulnerable. I often say the two qualities they're looking for is available and vulnerable. A runaway kid is available and vulnerable. A kid playing endlessly on the internet, talking to total strangers, either through chat rooms or or video game chat rooms or even on things like Instagram or Snapchat. That's available and vulnerable. And I want with all my heart to be able to keep these kids out of it so that they do not have to be in this situation. Why don't they run? It is a complex answer but they deserve our compassion, our understanding, and they deserve justice in a court of law. This is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please follow me and kids on Facebook. Please, you might want to order the book Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. You can get that at millionkids.org. It's $16, and I'll sign it and send it to you. That is called Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's all about how the grooming process takes place in real life and on the Internet. I so much appreciate each and every one of you who donate financially to this program. We are combating Proposition 57 out here where sex offenders are about to be released, and we need your help. Please follow us at Me and Kids on Facebook, and we will see you next week. Have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.